Good morning, Trinity. <clears throat> Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. I love it when the Alleluia's come back after Lent. This year especially, I really felt like I needed those Alleluia's back in my life. At the end of Easter Day service here at Trinity, Nathan, with his usual enthusiasm, reminded us that the celebration of Easter had only really just begun, that it would last for another 50 days. And, as always, Nathan's enthusiasm was infectious. And then I woke up on Monday. And before I sat down to begin writing this sermon, I read a news story, which was my first mistake. I read a story about a rumor that Dr. Fauci, the country's leading infectious disease specialist, might get fired. A rumor based on a tweet with the hashtag FireFauci. A tweet that was then retweeted by the president. And I thought, really? It's the day after Easter. Does this all have to start again so soon? It felt like that 50-day celebration had ended before it got the chance to start. But even with the rumors aside, we are still hunkered down at home. We are still living in the midst of a pandemic. We're still going out, for food, uh, going out shopping for food with our masks on and coming home and disinfecting ourselves. The world outside is still a threat. We are still locked in our houses we still fear for our lives. So, perhaps we can find some holy-spirited synchronicity in the fact that this morning's gospel begins with the disciples hiding in a house, living in fear with their doors locked. Today's gospel takes us back to the evening of Easter Day. It was just that morning that Peter and the beloved disciple had seen the empty tomb, and Mary Magdalene had recognized the risen Jesus when he called her by her name. And yet, there they all are that evening, locked behind a door, living in fear. The impact of, Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, Alleluia, hasn't quite reached them all yet. Outside their locked door, the world, which Peter tells us in his sermon from chapter 2 of Acts, that had seen the deeds of power, wonders, and the signs that God did through Jesus, well, that world continues to blindly stumble along in sin. And so they are hunkered down. And after reading the news on Monday morning, I kind of felt like I knew what they meant, how they felt. Peace be with you. Those are the words Jesus speaks when he appears among those fearful disciples that are locked in that house. Peace be with you, calming, reassuring, cutting through their fear. He showed them his hands and his side, revealing his identity. And the disciples recognized him and rejoiced. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And suddenly, the impact of Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, Alleluia, finally hits them. 
This morning's reading from Acts gives us us another account of what happens when that impact finally hits you. Peter and the disciples, having been filled with the Holy Spirit and blessed with the ability to speak in all the languages of the world around them, come bursting out of hiding, spilling into the streets, where Peter begins to preach an exuberant, if at times problematic, evangelical sermon. He is tearing it up. He is testifying. God raised Jesus up, freed him from death, because it is impossible for him to be held in its power. From Psalm 16, he claims that King David had foresaw the resurrection of the Messiah. And finally, this Jesus, God raised up. And all of that, we are witnesses. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Peter is out on the streets of Jerusalem holding a tent revival. I, however, was still sitting at my computer wondering what happened to that 50-day celebration Nathan promised me on Easter Sunday. This past week, I participated in quite a few Zoom meetings and heard quite a few people share how they felt they had reached a low point after Easter. That somehow, even though it was Easter week, they'd emotionally hit rock bottom. The separation, the uncertainty, everything had just finally gotten to them. It was a really hard week for many of us. So, is there a celebration going on? I'd have to see it to believe it. I'd have to see it to believe it. In this morning's gospel, when his friends told him, we have seen the Lord, Thomas said, unless I see, I will not believe. The Gospel of John is really hard on Thomas. The Gospels of Mark and Luke have similar scenes of Jesus appearing to the apostles after his resurrection, but they don't mention Thomas's absence or his doubting. In fact, in Mark's Gospel, which we consider the first, Jesus upbraids everyone present for their unwillingness to believe he has risen without first having seen him. Only John singles out Thomas, for what appears to be a rebuke from Jesus in these well-known words. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. It's almost too easy for us to assume that Jesus is criticizing Thomas for his lack of faith by comparing Thomas to those who have not seen and yet believed. But there's actually nothing in the original text that should lead the reader to believe that. In fact, Jesus's question can just as easily be translated as a statement. Because you have seen me, you have believed. And Thomas has. Jesus had commanded him, do not doubt, to, do not doubt but believe. To which Thomas, recognizing him, answered, my Lord and my God. Jesus's words aren't meant as a rebuke. They aren't meant to question Thomas's faith. They are a confirmation of what has just occurred. If that is true, then Jesus's next words, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe, they're not a judgment against Thomas, but they're a beatitude for those who will come after Thomas. Thomas needed to see to believe, but now, after Thomas, 
there will be those who will not have seen but will believe, and they, we, will be blessed. I, and I think many of us, need Thomas this Sunday. We need the one who wasn't there the first time. The one who, because he was being told something that seemed unbelievable, just couldn't believe it. The one who needed it to be true so bad that he couldn't take anyone else's word for it. We need Thomas this Sunday. We need Thomas to help us believe that there is a celebration taking place, even though we may not see it right now. We need Thomas because in his need to see it for himself in order to believe, he takes all of our uncertainty about the future, all our distrust of our leaders to keep us safe, all of our fear of those we love falling ill. He takes all of that and he carries it. He takes it and he carries it and he places it at the feet of Jesus. When Jesus said to him, do not doubt but believe, Thomas was finally able to let go of the fear that it might not be true. His fear that Jesus might not have risen. His fear that the world might not have changed. He is able to let go of his uncertainty. So Thomas carries the burden of our doubts and fears. And because he does, we don't have to. We can lay our burden down. Because he sees that the unbelievable is to be believed, we don't have to doubt it. He has taken that burden from us. We can believe even though we don't see. Thomas allows the words of the author of the first letter of Peter to ring true. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is Thomas's gift to us. So, there is a celebration going on right now. In the midst of social distancing, sheltering in place, the politics and in the uncertainty, there is definitely a celebration going on. And thanks to Thomas, we can believe that right now, in all of our houses, with our doors locked, Jesus is standing there and saying, Peace be with you. We know he is there, my Lord and my God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.